Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern company. The data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. Hello world, this is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. Okay, the numbers are in. Um, we have um, basically recordings and reports from uh, 2023 uh, cybersecurity breaches, um, data compromises, that kind of thing, so we can get an update on uh, some of those numbers um, for those who are curious. Now, uh, I'm, I sound lighthearted. This is a very serious topic. And to emphasize this, I'm going to let you know that the last data breach record was set in 2021. And that year, 1,862. That is 1,862 organizations reported data compromises. Now, uh, <laughs> by September of 2023, that number was over 2,100. So uh, 2023 broke some records. Um, the biggest data compromises we saw last year were uh, with a HCA Healthcare, uh, and I'm not going to de- add. I'm not going to describe what these are. I'll let you Google them. Um, <clears throat> but uh, HCA Health HCA Healthcare was a big one. Um, Maximus, uh, the FreeCycle Network, IBM Consulting of all people, uh, CareSource. Duolingo got a whole lot of uh, media coverage. So did Tampa General Hospital and PH Tech. And uh, so, yeah, those were the uh, the largest uh, exploits uh, of vulnerabilities and, and data breaches that we saw. Um, but uh, the key, so a few key, few key things that the uh, the numbers are showing us um, is that one huge huge surge. I mean, like I said, we broke a record by September. Not a, not the kind of record we want to break either. Uh, two, health the healthcare sector is a huge target, accounting for almost. Uh, or just over actually 30% of cybersecurity breaches and attacks uh, in 2023. Um, something we're conti- continuing to see, and so it doesn't really surprise us anymore, is that ransomware is the number one form of attack. Uh, and that also these attacks are targeting supply chains. So we're seeing a lot of healthcare sector and a lot of supply chains uh, targeted, their vulnerabilities targeted with ransomware that uh, can cause weeks if not months of downtime so um <clears throat> so that's what we're seeing we're also noticing a lot more uh insider threats and uh, this is through uh, when i say insider threat immediately most people think of like a, a a disgruntled employee selling company data on the dark web and that's not usually what happens it does happen but it's usually not what happens most often it actually comes through um a phishing attempt and uh, the the insider threat being uh, an untrained employee opening a uh, a PDF that has a virus payload in it, um, or what we call shadow IT. This is even as an IT service provider, I fight this all the time. What shadow IT is is when you are allowing employees of an organization to. Uh, <laughs> When you're allowing employees of an organization 
to download and install whatever software they want or keep company data wherever they like to keep it instead of telling them where it will be kept. Um, as an example, if your company does not use Dropbox, but an employee wants to use Dropbox so that they can work from home and work on the same documents, that is shadow IT. That is a vulnerability that the company or organization has no uh, access to or control over because it was implemented by an individual. And there are policies and procedures and even software solutions uh, to help combat shadow IT. But we're seeing a lot of these threats start with an untrained employee doing something like that. Um, where there was also a rise in Internet of Things devices as entry points. So definitely talk to if you use any of those in your office setting. Um, that is like smart lights, smart bulbs, uh, Nest thermostats, that kind of thing. Um, and I would even extend it to things like uh, Chromecast, Apple TVs, uh, Alexas, uh, smart speakers. Uh, definitely talk to your IT service provider or uh, in-house IT guys about putting all of that on another VLAN or virtual local area network. Um, so it, all those items have their own network and they're not connected to core infrastructure like your servers and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, if you don't, already talked to someone about that, then definitely reach out here and we'll, we can help you with that here at Soltech Solutions. Uh, what we're also seeing is, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think this surprises anyone, um, but uh, a rise in compromise of sensitive, sensitive data by threat actors, or what most of you know as hackers, who are hired by uh states nation states so countries and, and that sort of thing i'm not going to say any specific ones but we've seen several um organizations hacking organizations uh malicious organizations hired by other countries to attack the united states to attack great britain that sort of thing um and we, we can identify that now we've suspected it before we can definitely identify it. it's happening frequently uh so well, what do you learn from this? Uh, well, you learn that um, everyone is a uh, is a potential target, and so you you just need to have an entire paradigm shift in how you handle your your, your cybersecurity. Work with a cybersecurity expert, whether that is someone you hire on staff, or an IT service provider, a managed service provider you you contract out to give you an entire cybersecurity framework that involves continuous monitoring and breeds a culture of cyber awareness. Training employees is like. It's the last thing on most people's agenda, and it needs to be probably item three or four after you <laughs> include something like uh, endpoint detection, response, email security, and um, backup and data recovery. <clears throat> after all that, you need to train your employees so they're not uh, accidentally letting in bad guys. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, it's not really a comfortable uh, conversation to have, but it's it is a necessary one. Um, those are the statistics, and I don't want any of you guys to be a statistic. If you have any questions, reach out. Questions at Soltech. Solutions. Speaking of attacks by nation states, um, a huge, huge uh, item in the news this last week was that uh, back in about mid-January, the U.S. government uh, took steps to neutralize a botnet um, that was affecting or infecting literally hundreds of U.S.-based small office and home office routers. In a sense, the the ones that you can buy at Walmart, <clears throat> uh, all of them being hijacked by a, a, a state-sponsored threat actor called Volt Typhoon. Uh, <laughs> 
I shouldn't laugh about this, but I, I think it's funny that there are all these hacker groups and they have names that sound like esports teams. But <clears throat> anyway, that being said, Volt Typhoon, um, we know has been backed by the Chinese government. And uh, basically they, they had used some code to uh, install a botnet on hundreds of U.S. home and small office routers. So, yes, this could affect you in this way. Um so the good news is uh, it was detected um, by, I believe, Black Lotus Labs um, in mid-December and law enforcement, the, the U.S. government, federal government, um, acted on it in mid-January. So it wasn't, um, to our knowledge, it wasn't active for a very long period of time. The problem being... Um, <clears throat> So essentially what these what these hackers were doing, uh, uh, they were using this botnet to encrypt traffic and send it between all these different route, um, home and office routers uh, to hide all of their activity. And it is there's evidence indicating that they were trying to attack things like um, energy infrastructure and stuff like that, which is it's kind of a scary thing to think about. Um, how they were able to do it is because each and every one of these small and home office routers were end of life. They weren't supported anymore and not receiving security updates. So that's the the crux of what I want to get to here. Rather than scare you about China trying to hack the U.S., um, I want to reinforce that even if you're most of my audience is business owners or business professionals, even if you are not one, um, it is so important to keep your hardware up to date to uh, know the life cycle of that of any of your hardware and to manage it. When I talk about things reaching end of support, when I talk about Windows 10 reaching end of support and that sort of thing, this is why it's important to update is because when it's no longer being updated, when it's no longer getting security patches, then any piece of software or hardware is free and open to uh, bad people to explore and tear apart and look for vulnerabilities that they can then exploit and take advantage of. So uh, again, this is a, a case of just don't be that number. Um, so uh, this, this botnet was infecting out of our end of life Cisco and Netgear routers. So I highly recommend if you have not purchased a new router in the last five years, and it is either a Cisco or Netgear router, you should probably go and get that replaced um, because the federal government indicated that um, their, uh, their code that disrupted the botnet um, and stopped it from being reinstalled no longer works if the router is restarted, which sounds so stupid to me. But also I understand why this is a difficult thing because they can't exactly just go in and change the firmware to people's home routers. They had to get a uh, um, something from a judge. What's that? It's basically a, um, a seizure notice or something like that. I'm not a lawyer, so <laughs> I don't know the, the, the exact terms, but uh, they had to get permission from a judge to even send this command to routers that the government doesn't own. Uh, so they're limited in the scope of how they can attack back, right? So uh, do your part. If you've got an old router, go and get it updated. You're probably going to notice, notice uh, some performance improvements as well, um, and it'll just be nicer for you. Um, I know they're not exactly cheap, uh, but it is more important to stay secure and up to date. So if, uh, if you have a Netgear or Cisco router uh, that hasn't been updated in five years, time to head to the store. Did you know that in the Google Chrome uh, browser extension store 
I guess, I guess it's a store. You have to pay for some of them. There's over 176,000 available browser extensions. Like at that point, there's it's it's like a competitor to mobile apps. Like that's kind of insane. Um, I'm not someone who's usually. Uh, I don't know. I don't use a lot of extensions. I, I can tell you right now uh, what I have in Safari is uh, Bitwarden, my password manager. And then what I have in Edge is also Bitwarden and then Microsoft Editor. And that's it. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> so it was, it, it, I've never, and, and even before I started my tech career, I've never been one to like load up a bunch of browser extensions, but I get the, the attractiveness of them. Some of them do really, really cool things. I think most people probably have an ad blocker, um, password managers and like an obvious one. Uh, but then I've seen some that like automatically dark mode websites, um, what is uh, some that stop autoplay on YouTube, which I, mean, I don't know why you have that. There's a button for it. Anyway, I mean, like, there's a huge, huge variety. Like I said, over 176,000 on Google Chrome alone. Um, and they're not, by nature, a bad thing. If they were a bad thing, then Google wouldn't allow them. Apple wouldn't allow them in Safari. And Microsoft wouldn't allow them in Edge. But uh, here's the, the problem, is that of those 176,000 browser extensions, not all of them are made by a legitimate company and are made for legitimate purposes. So here are some of the uh, common risks posed by browser extensions. First and foremost, privacy intrusions. In a lot of cases, you are giving a bit of code, this, this thing that we call a browser extension, permission to look at everything you are looking at on the internet and possibly even scanning your passwords that you're entering, the cookies that get saved, uh, things that you type in, like the things that extensions have permissions to do is kind of wild sometimes. So there is a huge possibility if you're not uh, vetting your, your extensions that you're installing of major privacy intrusions. Some of these go so far as to be actual viruses. <laughs> I mean, maybe not viruses themselves. We'd, we'd cl classify those as pups, potentially unwitted programs, um, but they could be in a, uh, in a sort of Trojan horse style, installing viruses to your computer or other potentially unwanted programs. Um, and then some of them go so far as to like inject on un inject unwanted ads. This is one I see a lot, actually. Um, I could, I could call out some software, but for legal reasons, I'm not going to, uh, but there's a few of them I can think of that as soon as I see them, I install them every time on uh, client computers because it's literally injecting unwanted ads into everything you look at in your internet browser so that they can make money off of that ad revenue. But it, like you're assaulted with ads. It's the opposite of an ad blocker. It's an ad injector. That's ridiculous. Why do we let this happen? Anyway, um, second problem is that uh, it, they could be completely legitimate extensions, but they're not serviced anymore. So they're, they're what we call abandoned, um, meaning the company that made it uh, is not adding updates, but they're not pulling it from the Chrome extension store or whatever either. And so because of that, there could be vulnerabilities in its code that other extensions or um, files or programs, or scripts or lines of code on websites can then take advantage of uh, and act as vulnerabilities to then do all those bad things that I said some other extensions are doing. So it might not have been malicious to begin with, but now is used in a malicious way. And then uh, lastly, phishing, social engineering, these kinds of things like some of these could be mining your data 
uh, it, it all ends up being that same kind of problem we ju- we just talked about and being a, a privacy issue. Um, but like you want your data to be your data and you don't need to be giving to anyone for free. Let's be honest. Um, but lastly, and this is probably the biggest reason why I don't have a lot of extensions in my browsers is that they affect browser performance. So if, <laughs> what, what did Google say in their statistic when they released Chrome OS? It was something like 91% of time spent on a computer is spent in an internet browser. It's, don't quote me on that, but it was something in the in the range of 90%. Um, so why would you make the number one thing you're using your computer for slower? <laughs> like, um, yeah, some of those extensions are very, very useful and get, get things to your fingertips very quickly. Uh, but when you have a lot of them um, and you don't have a high-end computer, it's going to slow it down and it's going to be very, very frustrating. So a lot of times when I hear a client or um, a, a friendly friend or family member reaching out to their uh, the neighborhood tech guy, I hear them saying like, oh, it's just so slow. And I just bought the, this computer last year. That's one of the first things I look at is, well, let's reset your internet browser and clear out some of these extensions because that could be slowing it down. So uh, what are some other things you could do to mitigate some of these problems? Um, I've got a whole list of like eight things here, but uh, I'm just going to pick some of my favorites. Um, first of all, stick to official marketplaces. Um, so whoever, whatever browser you're using, if it's, if it's Google Chrome, then it's the Chrome extension store. Uh, if it's Microsoft edge, then it's the Microsoft extension dashboard, I think is what it's called. I don't know. Um, and then if it's, uh, I don't need, <laughs> if it's Safari, then I believe it's in the app store. It's in an entirely separate app. Um, but you want to make sure you're sticking to the official marketplace because then you're getting most often something that's been vetted or reviewed at the very least. Uh, and in the case of uh, Safari and Apple, an Apple employee is vetting all of those. Uh, I don't think that's so much the case for both Microsoft and Google, um, though they do ha- at least have some um, security measures in place to stop from totally malicious extensions being installed into your browser. Uh, secondly, you want to be uh, reviewing permissions. What what do these extensions have permission to do and does it make sense for what they are doing? Does your ad blocker need access to your microphone? Probably not. Um, <laughs> does does uh, your password manager need access to your camera? Uh, if it's scanning your face before it unlocks your, your password vault, maybe. So uh, just like Look for what makes sense. Um, and if, if it seems completely unrelated to its core functionality, cut it off. Don't allow it access to that permission. If you don't know how to do that, then get rid of the extension entirely because you can probably live without it. Uh, and then lastly, uh, just limit the number of extensions you have installed. Uh, I think most browsers nowadays actually have a a sort of limited ad blocker installed you could probably get rid of the ad blocker and also i'm going to be honest that's how a lot of your websites stay up (laughs) is because they get ad revenue uh from those ads so if you don't like ads in your websites then stay away from websites that have ads and they won't get paid for it um so that's probably one extension you don't need keep it keep it minimal i'd say probably less than five uh before your your browser starts to actually see some some slowness from it, especially if it's something like I I, can't, I know I'm picking on ad blockers, but ad blockers are the ones that like they're scanning the entire website, the entire code. So you have something accessing that website before you even look at it. It's it like doubles your load time. So, um, yeah. So just just limit the number of extensions, and uh, you'll probably be a whole lot happier for it. <laughs> 
If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you have questions you'd like answered in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soultech.solutions. And until then, thank you for listening. This is Patrick, logging out. <laughs>